What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Get the Bag podcast, episode 12. What's going on? We're getting through March. Next week's the last Let's week. Go. No, I can't uh, believe it's March already. Yeah, I mean, next like thing April. you know, it's uh, spring and summer. So things are really <laughs> moving along. Um, today's topic is is a little little spicy, you know, what stuff that's going on today. But uh, before mm-hmm. we kind of get all into that, uh, make sure you like this video, subscribe, uh, follow us on Instagram. Uh, all of the inform- our information, contact information can be found in the show notes. Uh, but if you're curious as well. Uh, we also have uh, the little a little handles here um, that come up. But today's episode, um, again, it's it's a little little real right now. Pretty recent, uh, we know with the banking crisis. You know, we've heard about the Silicon Valley Bank uh, and the effects of that, and mm-hmm. um, how it's affecting. Uh, I think I was reading something today that mentioned that the feds are kind of having to make a decision. I think they're making it today at yeah. 11 a.m. Pacific is whether they want to raise the rates or not. Because if they raise the rates, then it's just like the economy kind of goes into limbo, um, especially with everything happening uh, recently with the banks. Um, so uh, it's getting really real. So we're going to sort of discuss or, you know, how, how that affects the real estate market, how that may affect your business um, and what things that we're kind of getting into and um or looking into in terms of what can we do, um, what what can we adjust in, in our business to, um, I guess just look out and, and make a you know safe decisions. So um, right. <clears throat> we'll break down a few things uh, with it, but um, you know when you heard the news, kind of uh, is this sort of been a topic, Tim? When, when you have these conversations now with with investors, or like kind of what what's what's it been like for you? I think. Um when it first started to happen, you know, we were like, we didn't know kind of what was going on and we were just kind of waiting. Um, and then when, um, SVB, uh, SVB went down, like, like everybody was like, okay, hold on. Everything's kind of paused because, you know, uh, that, that bank, you know, supplied, um, you know, banking for startups, a lot of the startups, um, yeah. especially in Silicon Valley. I mean, I know that a lot of people use that bank for deposits and their regular bank for for startups and um, funding. And the way they handled uh, the money for that bank, um, I mean, it's that's crazy. That is that it's so crazy for for yeah. that bank to go down for as many accounts and deposits that they they have and and the type of you know, accounts <clears throat> exactly exactly i mean like roku was one of their you know uh, accounts and they had 500 million dollars in the bank right there so it's just like crazy because you know it, i think with any banking crisis like we had in 2008 and and then <clears throat> now it's you know, there's always some kind of fear, right? The economy is going to fail or, um, you know, are, oh, no, here we go again, right? Mm-hmm. So, and um, I think 2008 was a totally different um, in, retrospect, in retrospect about um, how uh, the banks failed. But 
um, this is this is a little bit different. It has to do with, you know, the interest rates going up and then, you know, the whole this whole market has just been a little bit crazy this year mm -hmm. um, in regards to trying to, um, you know, taper down inflation and uh, the job market was still kind of strong and still kind of strong, even though there's kind of layoffs now. But yeah, um, I think the, the talks between investors have been, uh, you know, tightening on their acquisitions just because they wasn't, they were they're not, they're not sure on um, what the market's going to do. Right. Yeah. So they just been tightening on, I mean, they still have the money, they're flux with cash, but the conversation is is that let's hone in on our what we're buying making sure that there is a return um let's you know play it safe type of situation those are the kind of conversations that we're having um and then now that the <laughs> the the government bails them out it's uh <laughs> it's almost you know back to usual kind of thing but they're still honing in on their you know investments making smart decisions and kind of going from there but that's kind of been what i've been experiencing um just talking to different investors yeah i mean that's um i think for the most part nothing really has changed in terms of the strategy like um you know a lot of the investors want to get things at a deeper discount just because of the market being mm -hmm. super conservative and as wholesalers, that's sort of the conversation we're having with sellers as um, as a way of leveraging, right? Like, hey, mm -hmm. you're you're watching the news, seeing what's happening, and you can use that as uh, as a as a resource and as a sort of weapon in a way, right? When you're negotiating uh, with these sellers, but um, yeah, it's a pretty big thing. I mean, um, the company I work for, uh, I don't think they use that bank, uh, but one of the vendors that we used mm. uh, used that bank, but it didn't affect anything on like payroll, but it's still kind of like left you like, wow, this is like Silicon Valley, which is, you know, mm -hmm. where a lot of the money is. Um, and this is why we also talk about like why you shouldn't like, and it's maybe it's different for every company, but why you shouldn't just put all your eggs in one basket in a way and like having right. all of your money sit in, in one bank. I mean, yeah. that's a lot of thing that the uh, investors who've kind of, um, you know, just been ahead of the curve and just uh, selling a lot of their assets and being cash heavy. Um, mm -hmm. You know, that's that's one of the things like, hey, I want to be ready when, um, you know, the market sort of dips or become, you know, transitions to a buyer's market. Um, they're they if they have all their money in one bank and we know what the bank does with our money, yeah. they invest, uh, they take our money and invest in it. Um and so that, you know, when there's a process there of like, people never want you to withdraw all your money. Um, mm -mm. They want, they want, they want it kept in, in the account. So I mean, there's a good influx of people who are withdrawing their money that can affect it because they're the money that they use is invested in something else. So they're having to mm -hmm. sell. Like we were hearing that too. Like they had to sell off a lot of the investments that they, uh, that the bank <laughs> at a loss, uh, at a For loss sure. because yeah. of it, just to like, you know, float um so i think it's also another a good lesson too of of diversifying uh not mm -hmm. only like your assets and like real estate stocks bonds but also like 
your bank and like why having a good infrastructure of um, your banking ecosystem of like having a bank account for savings and in, in this here bank account for check, you know, um, just having separate bank accounts um, yeah. is key. And I, you know, the more money you make, that's even more uh, important. Uh, but why also like how stocks and bonds have gone up too, because of um, what's happening right now too. So mm-hmm. uh, it's just also taking opportunities and, and taking advantage of these situations yeah. as well to invest <laughs> on your end. Yeah, I think, um, I don't know, I kind of grew up where uh, in mostly because my mom's Korean, right? And um, it's funny because as a immigrant, I guess her and her brother didn't really kind of rely on the banks they they thought cash was it they always had cash right so mm-hmm. like i i know that you know when i went to go visit my uncle he, he didn't have all because he had a beauty supply business right mm-hmm. and um he would not put all of that in the bank he would have his own kind of um secure area in his i think he put it you know not, to, not under yeah, the mattress. Throw, yeah, not under the mattress, but a secure place. I'll just say that. And I was just shocked, like that that much money in you know really in your house, and um, and uh, it's because they didn't trust you know the bank or they didn't trust the system really, mm-hmm. and that was their perception of America's you know kind of banking system, um, and I I think correct me if I'm wrong, is I think it's most cultures that come to the United States that have that kind of fear, or maybe Mm -hmm. they're taking that fear from their, um, their country and applying it here. Um, But I think, you know, when there is a crisis like this, a lot of people do did rush to the bank to remove their, (laughs) their funds. And, you know, you saw these long lines and everything. So it, I think it creates a sense of fear and that's why um, the government kind of stepped in um, on that to try to let people know that, you know, Hey, the economy is not failing or whatever the case may be. But um, I think it's just a, you have to, you know, each culture or each entrepreneur or business whether you're in real estate whether you're in a tech whether you're in something that uh like there i'm not saying put it all in your mattress or anything but you know diversify for sure like have several banks that you rely on and uh, have i know a lot of people don't like the major banks and um but they have a lot of the biggest protections um, insurance, you know, all that stuff. Insurance, all that. That I mean, they some of them really got bailed out during two thousand eight. Like, right. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. so they're not. The government's gonna not let the big, big boys um, kind of fail. It's just picking the right big boy. I think. Um, yeah. Right. So. Yeah, I think that's key. I mean, cultural for sure, um, or just any oppressed community mm-hmm. probably has um, experienced that. Uh, especially, you know, living in America and how lopsided it's been, uh, to be quite honest, uh, where uh, white America, you know, has always mm-hmm. been uh, taken care of in, in that sense. So I think it's it's definitely deeper than just uh, cultural, but also um, 
you know, it, in general, like oppressed communities have, yeah. have suffered this where there's just lack of trust in the system. Um, <clears throat> and I mean, I, I think of like stashing your cash, like, uh, you know, I watched Narcos and, um, mm -hmm. you know, uh, talking about, um, I can't think of his name uh, right off the bat, but, you know, um, he was he had he had so much money he he couldn't put it all in banks so he was like burying his money, um, <laughs> and uh, but the money rots so it's just like exactly it's just like where is it where is it safe and uh, I love Andre's point right is uh, diversify custodial accounts life insurance that was one um, I was thinking of too um, that's what I mean like diversify like you should have something in real estate you should have something in stocks bonds custodial accounts right here life insurance so um you know if if uh the situation hasn't uh you know before the situation hasn't sparked your interest in like diversifying your income or diversifying your investments this definitely should because your yeah. money isn't safe <laughs> really like anywhere uh if, if if it's just sitting somewhere it has to work for you right and that's kind of the the mindset of the wealthy is like you don't work for the money your money works for you so you have to put it to work. And and sometimes that is overwhelming. So, um, you know, <clears throat> reaching out to people who maybe are into uh, investing in life insurance or stocks and bonds and mm -hmm. um, real estate, like find, figure out something, like pick one thing and like focus on that, like feed that every month uh, and you know, see, see what, see wh where that takes you. So I, I think it's also like curiosity as well. And like to really want to learn uh, mm -hmm. the financial literacy of it all. Right. Um, but I mean, government intervention, we've had government intervention. I mean, we, we just got out of a pandemic not too long ago, or I mean, what it still is or whatever, um, where the government intervened, the, you know, they gave out payouts basically to people, mm -hmm. um, you know, cause so many people got laid off or couldn't work. Um, mm -hmm. and because of that though, we're seeing the effect, we were seeing the effects of the economy, right. um, where things are dipping, the interest rates are flying high to control inflation. Um, so I think those sort of interventions, um, I think you were saying do like temporarily boost the real estate mm -hmm. market. Um, but it doesn't fully offset the impact of the yeah. crisis. And I think, um, you know, this, especially during the pandemic, I mean, a lot of people got an influx of cash um, through mm -hmm. whatever means. I think the government give out loans without really kind of checking the credit and stuff like that. So to businesses and yeah, PPP loans, yeah, PPP loans and people are now getting in trouble for that. Um, oh, but man. Yeah. It's, it's going crazy out there. But also I think they're predicting the money that was given to, um, you know, individual families, businesses, and all of that is supposed to run out, I think, by the end of the summer. Mm -hmm. So they're, and if these people haven't pivoted, kind of like uh, what Andre was saying, like with their money or finding a job or finding, you know, making revenue in their business, they're going to be in a lot of hurt, right? So especially yeah. with the inflation so high. So there's, there is going to be, some type of recession, deeper recession um, that we'll see, you know, maybe in the summertime. And I think, you know, 
my prediction is, is that around that time is when a lot of the houses will like really, really dip. And I think yeah. that's when a lot of investors that are flux with cash are, are going to come out on top again um, with mm-hmm. these, with these, with, with the real estate market. Yeah. And I think we were having a conversation with somebody um, who was like, make as much money as you can now, like wholesaling or whatever, because um, like stack up as much as you can, because the opportunity to acquire real estate is Mm -hmm. not that very, not far in terms of you can acquire real estate now, of course, but at a really deep discount, um, you know, because what's, what's going to happen is, um, you know, because now things are, a little bit tighter in terms of lending and then credit standards, which means not many people are going to be applying for home loans. Therefore houses are just going to be chilling or maybe people won't really be listing (laughs) their houses. (laughs) Um, You know, so it's potential for people to really take advantage or investors who've been stacking up and doing it right uh, to be able to invest in in properties uh, that maybe other people, you know, who just, fell behind. Mm -hmm. Um, But this is another thing too, with like businesses, um, you know, taking advantage of a PPP loan and really relying on those funds. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, another kind of strategy is also buying businesses too. Um, I know somebody, uh, I I follow some, I can't remember their name, but she specializes in buying businesses um, at a really cheap discount and then just applying automation or just, tweaking and simplifying the process um and then crazy returns like profit margin yeah. like yeah just like uh exp- keeps expenses really low um uh, but just is really we're able to like add uh, uh value add really to mm-hmm. these businesses so um you know investors also look and buy businesses too like people yeah. like i've seen the argument where it's like real estate buying real estate versus buying businesses obviously with Mm -hmm. real estate i think on the tax uh laws i think it's more in their favor but like Mm -hmm. you get a lot of cash flow buying businesses um and that's something um that's kind of sparked my interest but i don't want to defer from you know what it is i'm (laughs) working on because it's just like one other thing but right right that's going to be you're probably going to see a lot of influx of people buying businesses as well 100 um with people suffering and uh, with PPP loans and mm-hmm. um, not being able to take advantage of, of uh, those government incentives. Yeah. I think um, especially like wholesalers and other investors, um, the ones that have cash are of course going to be, um, you know, in the best position, but I think also people that know how to utilize creative financing are going to be in, an, in, in the same boat. Like they're going to be in a great position to acquire property um off of terms or even mm-hmm. acquire businesses off of terms oh yeah um so i think uh, what you're saying is is like you know as an investor you should diversify into like other streams of revenue passive revenue that's going to come in whether it's investing in real estate or you know investing in business and there's different ways to kind of take those down um in th- this type of market right um mm-hmm. And like when we say like some people that are watching this may not have the cash to do that, but you know, like we're saying creative financing would is another way if you're, you don't have the funds to do it. Um, and um, it's a way to maybe possibly get into something 
and owning something and then making passive income from that um, with that strategy. Yeah, or you can partner up with somebody who yep. has money. That That's true. Money down. Very true. Because uh, uh, the reason why we say creative finance is because um, there's probably going to be a decrease in lending, like um, banks reducing their lending because they're short on cash, right? Mm -hmm. um, and it makes people, again, it's a difficult time to secure mortgages. Mm -hmm. um, and again, that also leads, it's a, leads in a reduction in, in like the demand, right? So um, if you can't get approved for funding or, you know, um, a, a loan to buy a house, like how can you buy a house? Like nobody has 50K or, you know, however much people um, or 300K to just like uh, put down and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Um, so I think really understanding the creative finance side and what, what that means, what does seller finance mean, what's subject to, um, I think is really key. And something I've been really uh, focusing on myself is yeah. like coming in on the, on the seller finance side. Um, but you, you're going to need capital either way. So it's just 100%. like figure out a way to make more money. Like mm -hmm. how can you make more money? Uh, whether it's uh, not just like picking up jobs, but like, you know, we've even talked about like a course or um, something along those lines, like fine, there's always an opportunity to make more money um, that like, there's no ceiling when it comes to that. So focus in the next couple months is like just making as much money as you can mm -hmm. uh, diversify and reinvesting your money. Don't just get all that money and spend it all on whatever. <laughs> um, and, you know, get put yourself in a position when you are ready uh to start like investing in like buying uh properties whether it's seller finance because either way like you're going to need some out of uh pocket expenses um that's going to come up you're so you're going to need some money up front yeah and you know just by adding all those streams of revenue that are coming in for you is just going to help you diversify in what you need to do in regards to investing and and um, uh, like like you said, stack your cash right now, and um, you know also invest in yourself. Learn about these ways to you know get into um, different real estate deals. Um, educate yourself. Um, you know, hit us up as well. You know, ask us questions, and um, you know we're we're really good about you know, helping people out and making sure that we pass on this education to other people. And um, yeah. it doesn't have to be a situation where you're, you're not alone in this. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think things, like I said, things you guys can apply in your businesses. Uh, yeah. Just obviously keeping your cost low, um, you know, mm -hmm. your profit and loss, um, uh, keeping those, uh, the profits as high as possible, kind of auditing your expenses um, and re-envisioning like what, what does my business look like right now? Like, is this something, and, and if you've noticed like in our talks with recent people on the podcast and just conversations, people are really leaning towards a lean team um, that does like mm -hmm. maybe one or two VAs. Um, mm -hmm. And um, so that's true. something I'm kind of, working on is like if I can just have one solid VA to either help with uh, cold calling or texting or even just following up um, to increase the likelihood of, of me closing more deals consistently right. um, then 
should probably invest in that. So just finding opportunities because um, we've learned with wholesaling and everything, you don't need that. You'll need very much to close deals, no, especially out here in California, yeah. uh, as competitive as it is, but there's still opportunities there. You just have to like really focus on an area, uh, especially mm -hmm. and then go from there. No, I, I agree. I think, um, you know, don't, especially in like in wholesaling, I mean, don't let the, you know, a specific market kind of get you down or anything like that. And, you know, keep going and keep pushing. And um, if there are deals out there. It's just, you know, you just have to be consistent and, you know, keep on going. And then from that, you know, you make your cash stack it. Try not to spend it all at once. I mean, I know people may be doing their first deals. They got bills to pay and all of that to catch up. But, you know, um, do that and then see how you can still save some money, some of that money to, you know, with a, another deal and go forward from from there. Yeah, exactly. And um, I think we've been talking too on, um, you know, we hear a lot of the buzzwords of like, you should quit your job and mm. uh, or if it's something you don't don't like um and uh you know if it's if it's nobody ever is like oh i you know not everybody hates their job of course but for the most part of course like everybody would prefer to uh run their business on their own without having to deal with like a job if they had some income that they can kind of work um work around uh but you know don't don't kind of follow the noise like just mm -hmm. focus on providing of course for your family if it makes sense making smart decisions having enough um money and i guess a certain amount of um i guess as backup money or uh rainy day money i guess up to like six <laughs> yeah months. rainy day fund um you know, in, in, just in case where it's like, hey, if you do want to quit your job, like you just know, like, okay, at least I'm set for six months. I'm going to just yeah. grind it out for six months uh, to get in a good position. And obviously, like stuff like cash flow, um, you know, getting properties where you're able to get passive income is, is, is huge. Um, but you also want to focus on the active income, like we're talking about collecting as much cash as you can um, and, and reinvesting it. So, um, I know we're approaching the end of the episode, but, um, I think the biggest thing, like it is kind of crazy and it, it's going to be interesting to see where, where it goes, the economy goes yeah. in general. Like we said, I know the government, anytime they have it in your, they have to interfere. They, they want, they want to kind of, they don't want to see chaos. They don't want <laughs> people freaking out. Um, so they're going to intervene as much needed, but and I'm just curious to see if this intervention will, how this intervention will affect um, the market, the economy, um, whether they're going to decide to raise the rates and how that affects mm -hmm. things. So, um, you know, it's, yeah. it's uh, interesting times, uh, but obviously just keeping tabs with what's going on and uh, continuing to, uh, you know, if you have a business, uh, continuing to increase your income. <laughs> yeah absolutely and i think you know as you guys go through your real estate journey if you're new or if you're seasoned you know keep informed i mean these things uh do affect you know the the market and um <clears throat> mm -hmm. you know see how it's affecting your market you know what what's happening read you know what's going on and you know definitely in your market and your cities and 
you know, how that's affecting it. Cause essentially you can uh, pivot um, on your strategy on, you know, wholesaling or investing or whatever the case may be, mm-hmm. but um, it just, you know, always kind of keep informed and educate yourself about um, how things could change in your market. And, you know, I know everybody's trying to focus on their next deal and getting a deal across the finish line. That's great. But in the long term, you know, to sustain your business, you have to be aware of these um, possible obstacles or benefits. You never right. know how it's going to benefit you as well. Absolutely. Um, and just again, surrounding yourself with people who maybe Mm -hmm. know or talking about it i think that's also another thing like cultural stuff is like nobody wants to talk about money Mm. Uh, like you always hear like don't talk business or money on on the dinner table or whatever and it's just like you should i think it's important to stay informed and of course Mm -hmm. that shouldn't consume the entire conversation but i think (laughs) that's the reasons like we're we're blocking each other from growing and from learning and if like if it's something that this conversation can lead to to helping somebody, why wouldn't we have that conversation? So right. I think there's also that stigma and myth of like, you know, uh, that we've grown up with, like, don't talk about money. Don't yeah. talk about how much you make or don't talk about um, business on, the, ta- so on true. the dinner table. So let's break let's break the, that's those stigmas um, yeah. and, you know, spread the financial literacy that we're learning. I think and this is the reason why we started the podcast as well as to help others. Uh, but you know, it's just, don't, don't not talk about it. Yeah. If people, if people are still saying that it's like, well, you know, I'm trying to help you <laughs> like, exactly. you know, um, and we can talk about anything else, like, you know, talk about gossip or whatever, if you want to, but it's just <laughs> like, you don't want to talk about, you know, how, you how, know, to, how yeah. to help you out. So, exactly. um, you know, I, we hope that you guys got a lot out of it. I mean, we're kind of caught up in, in the mix right now with everything. Right. So, um, you know, but we figured this would be helpful insight for you guys to understand, especially if you're business owners or if you're th- considering starting your own business, um, is staying informed, understanding what's happening in your industry and then o- other industries and how it affects you guys and seeing how other investors are moving and asking people maybe in your network as well. Like, what do you guys think of this? Like, wh- you know, what, how could this affect me and my business? Mm-hmm. Um, cause everybody's having those same conversations. That's what I'm saying. Like, uh, keeping that conversation open um, and not necessarily moving with fear, but also moving with like information and stuff. Right. So um, hope you guys got a lot out of this. Uh, next week should be a great episode. I believe we have a guest on. Uh, we have we have our first ladies guest next week. I'm really, really excited. Love it. Um, hoping to get more ladies on here. Uh, but stay tuned for that next Wednesday. Uh, stay tuned and uh, appreciate y'all tuning in. Have a great rest of your week. Don't forget to like, subscribe. Um, all our information is here uh, in the show notes, especially. So make sure you tap in with us. Have a great uh, week. Talk to you guys next week. See you. Peace.